0: Hello and welcome to another Off the Crossbar podcast with Regan Walsh and Brad Morris, in which we discuss everything that's happening in football. But before we get to that, if you like what you're hearing, like and subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you're listening to us, with weekly podcasts released on Mondays and Fridays. But as I said, I'm joined with Brad, and we have a well, lot I to discuss we this week.
1: It's kind of the point of the podcast, you yeah, have enough things to talk about, unlike last week where we were left pretty short.
0: Yeah. Um... But before we get into the preview side of this podcast, we're going to have a reflection and I've got a question for you in regards to the Carabao Cup. So obviously it was third round action this past uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, my question to you is, is it still as meaningful as it once was? Because uh, The Athletic revealed this past week that the winners of the tournament only get a hundred grand for winning it compared to the multuous amount of money that you get for winning the Premier League the Champions League even the FA Cup you get a lot more than uh, for winning the Carabao Cup obviously Jurgen Klopp in the past has put out under 23 squads and this past week he didn't even do the press conference himself he sent his assistant manager Pep Linders to do it um and also the past five years no other team has won it other than Man City
1: but four years but
0: even like, you know, four years sorry
1: yeah I thought it was deja vu because we were asking the same question last season as well when we started but uh, yeah, yeah some managers take it more seriously
0: than others mm, and like when I saw that uh, financial difference between winning the Carabao Cup and uh, the FA Cup you like Yes, a hundred k to these lower league sides, like I said last season about the FA Cup, is it is a lot to like your fourth and third tier and below in English football. But a Premier League team like Man City, a hundred k for winning it is it's nothing to them. They spend that on a player's wages, probably on ninety percent of their squad. So
1: that's the average wage of one of their academy players, probably. Well, mm. it, it's obviously more beneficial to the lower league clubs. Like that's the whole reason behind it, while it doesn't actually have the same benefits that the FA Cup would have in that case.
0: Yeah, and it goes back to the fact of this talk of the last week of uh, UEFA wanting to, um, sorry, FIFA wanting to have a World Cup every two years. It's just adding more games, and I know I said it last season, but just allow these lower league teams to compete for the Carabao Cup instead of like the. FA Vars or the other uh, trophy... I can't think of what it's called off the top of my head. And then just say, like, the big teams, right? FA Cup, you'll come in... Because obviously, you, like, you are still a big fan of that... And it draws the attraction and all that. And then the Premier League, Champions League... So it's less game time on these players... Because if we still have all these five or six tournaments... Plus a World Cup every two years... The amount of games just goes through the roof.
1: Oh Well, the main danger, obviously... Is you you have the, the Carabao Club without your top six? We like when you, when you talk your top six. I mean, your traditional top six. Mm. That devalues the competition completely.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. But and you know,
1: if, even if you did something like uh, no top six, it, all these clubs now in the League Cup winner gets in the Europa League.
0: Yeah,
1: it's, it's only a tiny bit of prestige. Nobody cares about the Europa League as much.
0: And it's not even like they automatically qualify for it, do they? Do they have to come in like the third or fourth qualifying round?
1: Maybe that. But if you took away one of the league places with it, Mm. so that it was just league of winners and whoever finishes fifth. Yeah. But, yeah, I am awaiting the day that this competition does get completely forgotten about.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's too far away, honestly. I think within the next ten years... It'll either be revamped or it'll just be totally scrapped.
1: I don't the point of revamping. I don't know, just
0: make it something worth while. So say, I don't know, it sounds like a ridiculous idea, but like have a mini group stage tournament type thing for like these lower league teams and then like you go to like a knockout round, so like the round of sixteen and then that's when like your top six in the Premier League would enter and then like, there's the excitement there, because you're like, okay, you've got to play two or three, three, say three games before these big teams come in, right okay, we've got to finish top of our little group uh, and then we can have the chance Like, I think that would add more excitement to it but I just don't see that happening I, don't know, I,
1: don't, I think that just makes it easier for the top six, if I'm honest
0: yeah, and I think it gives the less game time, which is I think uh, a lot of players would appreciate. But... I think
1: you did. I just think if you're going to go with that think you might as well scrap it completely.
0: Mm. Um, looking back on the fixtures, no, well, there was a few upsets. Obviously, Everton losing eight seven on penalties to QPR. Stoke City beating Watford three one. Um, Manchester United losing 1-0 to West Ham on Wednesday
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: with Man Mound Lanzini scoring the only goal there well apart from that no real shocks as uh, we enter the fourth round uh, the draw was also made for that uh, they will take Place in just over a month's time on the 26th of October. So you've got West Ham versus Mad City, Arsenal, Leeds, Chelsea, Southampton, Leicester, Brighton, Preston versus Liverpool, QPR, Sunderland, Stoke versus Brentford, and Burnley versus Tottenham. So no real surprising games or like ones that would take your fancy. You'd say the top. At, lot of I don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: I only have two words to sound the like carabiner, Cobner.
0: Richard. Cameron Archer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, let's head over to the actual preview bit because we have a great weekend of fixtures to look forward to this weekend in the Premier League. Um, two massive stand up clashes. One starts us off on Saturday lunchtime, and then the other is on Sunday afternoon. Chelsea versus Manchester City is the game that kicks us underway this weekend. First versus fifth, two teams who know how to score goals. Thomas Tuchel has the upper hand over Pep Guardiola in recent meetups. Could he continue this streak this weekend? I think he does. Mm.
1: I'm going off based of what I've seen this season and I think Chelsea managed games better. Yeah. And look at Man City with... All the possession of football in the world, where's their main threat?
0: Well, yeah, you don't really know who it is.
1: There's no clinical edge.
0: Mm. I think it's going to be a close one, like we've had in the recent meetings between these two sides. I don't think it'll be like a complete goal fest, personally. But I do like you say, I think Chelsea edged this one and continue their perfect, well, near perfect start to the season.
1: I think so. I mean... And Again, Chelsea just know how to manage it, as we said. Like Lukaku is the difference maker. Mm. As he has added the only thing that Chelsea missed last season, which was the goals. Yeah. Their top goal scorer is Jorginho, and most of his goals are from the penalty spot. Exactly. He's already close to matching that, isn't he? <laughs> well,
0: yeah. I think it's going to be an interesting to see which one of the city's defenders, uh, whether it be Ruben Diaz or Nathan Aki, comes up against Lukaku. You would say. Diaz on paper and uh, if we go against the previous battle that Lukaku had to face like big name centre half it obviously Virgil van Dijk and you say van Dijk had the upper hand in that game when Chelsea played Liverpool
1: Can I think you'll know? find it was Courtney Hawes
0: last night <laughs> will the same be for... did not say that
1: tackle was beautiful <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: do you think Diaz will have the same amount of success as van Dijk did or do you think he will also struggle like the others have
1: it's weird because I think with Lukaku you have to be on him you can't give him time to do anything pretty much so if DS obviously sticks close it forces Lukaku to start thinking right I- I've got to try and do something here that gets him away from me yeah but who knows but you think that they'd be planning for this oh. and City we've seen not documentaries beforehand how much they prepare for these sort of things yeah
0: and obviously Guardiola will be very keen to get a result uh, in City's favour this weekend as th- they haven't won against Tuchel's uh, Chelsea side yet, have they?
1: I don't recall them doing so now. Uh,
0: the last meeting between these two sides was. Champions League final. Champ- yeah, Champions League. I was thinking Community Shield, but that was Leicester versus Man City, wasn't it? It was. Uh, so, what, three months back now? Was it start of June or end of May? Champions League final now I can't remember Sorry it was June but yes um
1: no maybe May. who cares
0: yeah I, th- I don't see city winning this for all the goodness they've had to the start this season um obviously didn't do anything last time out against southampton but i'd expect them to do p- quite similar against chelsea in terms of like dictating play in terms of the possession um but i think they're going to have a bit more or they need to have more shots on target than just that one.
1: Well, no, it's the goals, they need. You can have all the shots on target they like. Well yeah. They've got to actually put it in the net.
0: Yeah, I mean, they haven't been too bad this season, scored 11 goals. Only the top three have scored more than them this season, uh, being Chelsea, Liverpool and Manchester United. But I think it, that's the problem City have had is, yes, they're scoring goals, but it's that's where the need for the striker was, because especially that last game against Southampton, if they had an actual striker in for that game, they would have easily put three or four past Southampton, you would uh, assume so.
1: Yeah, Like it's all right to do that against the likes of Norwich. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you've got to do it against the teams you're coming up against this weekend.
0: Definitely so. And,
1: and, and those like Southampton who defensively can be very well organised.
0: Yes as we have seen at times
1: not all the time though sometimes they will let night go past them
0: but yes but, uh, other times they will be resolute at the back um, and I've been very impressed with Mohamed Salisu this season at the back for them and Tina Livramento. So, but obviously enough about Southampton it's the Chelsea uh, City game we're looking at now and we'll head to our next big game now Sunday. The
1: half-south kickoff. we really... <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, the half-four kickoff <laughs> on Sunday. North London derby. Arsenal-Tottenham from the Emirates Stadium. Both teams are in opposite form. Arsenal have started to get going their last two games, where Spurs are in a bit of a decline over their last two games since this international break. Who
1: knows how to call this one? Then.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... It's really confusing because like, Arsenal's two wins have been 1-0 victories Spurs three victories at the start of the season were also 1-0 victories and then they've both shipped in a lot of goals Like Spurs have conceded six Arsenal conceded nine obviously not the worst in the league you got to look at the teams uh, like Leeds Newcastle and Norwich who have all conceded more than Arsenal but at the same time this game I think It'll either go one of two ways, both teams will be bad defendingly and there'll be lots of goals scored or it'll be a boring nil-nil. And I'm leaning more towards the latter personally.
1: I was going to say I could see goals but still slowly boring. Yeah. The thing for me that's going to decide how this goes is if Harry Kane finds himself.
0: I mean he bloody needs to find something, whether it's himself or his shooting boots.
1: If there's a game where he surely will find himself again, it is the North London derby.
0: Yeah, because so he always seems to get fired up for it and ends up scoring in the North London derby. Um, but yeah, this season, he's been nowhere for Tottenham, but for England, he's been involved in the goals and uh, amongst it all for Gareth Southgate's side. Yet, yeah. is it the fact that he didn't get this move in the summer to Manchester City? That's why he hasn't started... So, well, uh, or is it due to them literally just down to the lack of preseason and obviously coming back late from the Euros?
1: It sounds like you're suggesting he's happier in one place than he is the other.
0: Well, yes. I mean, I think that's me stating the obvious because <laughs> everyone else has stated it realistically. Purely speculation. Yes.
1: Just speculation.
0: Uh, yeah, I think, like you said, this is the type of game where he does find his shooting boots and can get amongst the goals if it is, like you said, a goal festival. We also have that where it could just be a really boring game and no team want to lose it, obviously, because it's your biggest rivals, but I can definitely see a red card happening in this game.
1: Of course you can. Is back? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not too sure where he is, actually. It would have been... Three
1: game ban, so yeah, I don't think he will be. But no, this will be his last. There's one. enough fires on there. Yeah, no, there's enough fires out there to still get a red card with this game. Mm. Imagine if it's Kane himself.
0: <laughs> Jesus, that would sum up his season. Wouldn't it? He'd end up missing the next three games for Spurs. Which after this North London derby uh, this weekend, they've got Aston Villa. Newcastle and West Ham which would be three games you'd expect him to get on the score sheet so Spurs fans and Harry Kane himself will be hoping that uh, he doesn't be the player that gets sent off this weekend
1: I'd, I'd pulled a face when you said my team but then again we are the charity so.
0: <laughs> exactly right speaking of your team it's us two against each other this weekend Man United versus Aston Villa again 12.30 kick off uh, I believe this has been moved due to Man United playing in uh, midweek, in the Champions League game.
1: No, it's a gig. There's a gig going on at the old Trafford cricket ground. Yeah. And they're expecting fifty thousand plus. I can't remember who it is. No. I don't know if it's the
0: Ears. It I've no idea. My music knowledge of bands and all that is very slim. But
1: um, trying to work in a not nineteen forever pun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I couldn't do. Uh, we.
0: have uh, we've had a good start to the season, obviously, third, um, 13 points, obviously, level on top with Chelsea and United, uh, Liverpool, but there has been just a few hitches in the road, obviously. Uh, Carabao Cup, defeat, uh, the defeat to young boys in the Champions League. How do you see this one going for both sides?
1: I would like to think we could go there and finally get something. Hmm. Because it's been so long since we've seen a win at Old Trafford. Two thousand nine was the last time we did it. We've had the odd draw here and there, but you know, I feel like injuries, slightly harmless. We, we believe that we're going to be without Leon Bailey now, and there's no time frame in it because. There's been different descriptions. like Smith hasn't said anything, but then a journalist has come out and said the dreaded word ruptured. So it, it's a quad injury yeah. either way. But he looked fine. When he walked off. So you wanna hope for the best, but hmm. I don't know. I still think we're good enough. Like we've got a lot around and this new three, five, two, four passion appears to work okay.
0: Yeah. I think the main, wor-
1: especially when you got the Polish cafe on the right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think the main worry for you, and you said it jokingly a few minutes ago, was the charity of Aston Villa. This is a game you can't afford. Ronaldo doesn't need goals, though. Well, <laughs> yeah, this is a game you can't ha- afford. Tyrone Minks or Matt Target having uh, a poor game because United have that clinical forward in Ronaldo, who will score the goals as we've seen so far. Uh, when he's returned to Manchester United and that is something I think could be a bit of a worry on the Villa side Um, United obviously they'll want to bounce back after the defeat on Wednesday and it's like you say Villa haven't won at Old Trafford since 2009 I think it could be a bit longer I think United could get a good result this weekend I'm not expecting anything crazy but I still expect United to get a victory
1: I don't think I'm fully in on expecting a victory, but I'd like to think we could get a draw. Mm. I just look at how United have been, and I think that's a team that's got all the weapons, but they're coached so. You'd think they're just not coached as well as other top teams.
0: Yeah. I think it's the stuff of he hasn't won that piece of major silverware yet, and then. Like I'm not saying Ollie's a bad coach or anything and I don't think I ever will do but there's just these other coaches you like it Tuchel's cool, you Guardiola's you Klopp's just to name a few in the Premier League they're, David Moyes. they're all serial winners and know how to win trophies and have done so where uh, Solskjaer hasn't had that trophy yet and obviously it would have been nice to have got this Carabao Cup this season but I think he does need a trophy this year, whether it be the FA Cup or one of the other two competitions that they're in, to say yeah. right this is a good season for us. The
1: that that I saw now isn't it four and a half years at least you'll be going without a trophy. Mm. The longest drought since between nineteen eighty five and nineteen ninety. And who's this? The start of the Ferguson era.
0: Yeah, and he ended up winning the FA Cup, which was his first trophy. So. Let's hope that uh aligns perfectly for Oli Gunnar Solskjaer uh in the future. Um elsewhere in the Premier League this weekend? Well no, you you're
1: skipping you're skipping the main spice factor.
0: Being
1: You know this because we've talked about how intrigued this game really has, but how could this game get any more interesting?
0: Would it be Mr Referee?
1: It may have something to do with the referee because Mike Dean has been named as the official.
0: <laughs> Let's hope he gives us a few just, penalties this weekend. Yeah.
1: But I want to make an early start on predictions league because just just for the laugh of this one, when are Manchester United getting their fluky penalty?
0: 22nd minute. <laughs> I love that you
1: just, yeah, we'll get fluky penalties against the villa.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not even going to complain. Uh,
1: you're going to get it in the 57th minute. And it's going to be a handball, which somehow they'll, they'll somehow judge. Oh, yeah, he, he shouldn't have his arm there, but it's
0: going <laughs> to be on Tyrone Minks as well.
1: Yeah, <laughs> probably would be.
0: Right, um, elsewhere in the Premier League. Now you can see Thank you. <laughs> uh, elsewhere in the Premier League this weekend, we have Everton versus Norwich, Leeds, West Ham, Leicester, Burnley, and Watford versus Newcastle in the three o'clock kickoffs. Um, I think Watford versus Newcastle is going to be a really interesting uh, game. Two teams looking to realistically get that bit of fire under them uh, this season. Obviously Watford had a great weekend out last time beating Norwich 3-1 but realistically that's Norwich. Uh, That was only their second win of the season obviously apart from the opening day. But Newcastle, they're going to be eager to get this first three points of the season. Otherwise, it could be horrible times up on the North East, even more for Steve Bruce's side. Well,
1: you, you ask the question can it get any worse for Newcastle? The answer is yes, yes, it probably can. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do think what for coming to this is overwhelming favourites. They just seem to just be a happy atmosphere around the place.
0: Yeah, it definitely does. Back in the Premier League.
1: The manager clearly is very Mm well-liked. The squad seems together as well. You can thank Ben Foster for that one. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think they've got just a better squad. (laughs) Yeah. I'd only give Newcastle a chance if Callum Wilson was in the team. Because Satan-Maximant, as much as he will try to do it on his own, it's not possible.
0: No. It's one man trying to lead an army, but it's not going to work when he has got no one else around him. It's one man...
1: It's one man trying to carry 10 blokes via some strap up a large hill.
0: Yes, and it's (laughs) definitely not going to work for uh, him. Uh, Finish off on Saturday, we have Brentford versus Liverpool and the other early game on Sunday sees Southampton take on Wolves and then we round off this weekend's set of fixtures with the M23 derby as Crystal Palace play Brighton and Hove Albion. So.
1: Yeah, quite intrigued with Brentford-Liverpool Yeah
0: It's one of them where After watching the first game of the season Against Arsenal I think it, it's got real intrigue to it Where I think there is something That say actually Brentford could nick a win here
1: I don't want to go full in on them nicking a win But they'll play their style Yeah And they will do whatever they think is right
0: Oh, 100%.
1: As will Liverpool. Like, Liverpool don't change either, even mm. when they're away from home.
0: Yeah. I think it's going to be a really tough game for that forward mm. three of Liverpool's. and Nice
1: clash of styles.
0: Yeah. To And Brighton
1: Palace is just... German. No, with Thomas Frank's Danish. Danish. Mm. And with Brighton Palace, that's always quite fiery.
0: Yeah.
1: Even though I don't fully understand Derby now, although I do a little bit now, after watching When Eagles Dare which is a great documentary <laughs> mm. so yeah my intrigue for that one is high yeah. and Brian are playing great right now
0: <laughs> yeah which is a surprise for actually scoring goals rather yeah. than having a million even still look
1: pretty good is that even Palace still pretty decent
0: yeah definitely um, I'm oh, just... you're not
1: going to see one team sit back and defend they are both got to go for it
0: oh, 100% I agree and I think that's can lead to a very entertaining game on Monday night um Down into the championship now, Um, Derby County, their situation obviously has worsened uh, since we did our podcast at the start of this week. Uh, They have officially announced the appointment of administrators and have been handed their 12-point deduction immediately. Um, If you want to go check out the video that I did on it, uh, head over to our YouTube channel and you'll see the latest news on Derby County. As a time of recording, there hasn't been anything new uh, regarding the Rams that I haven't seen anything. I might have
1: something. It's from BBC Derby. I think they talked about right. it. it was some of the log like, administrators have already had considerable interest, which is a positive, definitely. Apparently, they'll need like an yeah. extra five thousand fans attending for like, a revenue boost. Just that mm-hmm. as well. Apparently our current owners only have enough money to keep them running for three
0: months. So that would put us at the end of the year, practically.
1: And there are also potentially more points deductions coming.
0: Which uh, I think we all knew could and probably would happen uh, with this uh, administration period for the Rams. Uh, They are away this weekend. They travel to Sheffield United, who have got into a bit of form themselves recently in the championship but Derby County will be hoping that Wayne Rooney and uh, his playing side can get the results they need to turn this dark period for the club around as quickly as possible yeah
1: it's, always, it's weird for me from a Villa fan perspective because that could have very well been us mm. and it wasn't just the fact that we probably didn't a prior final three years ago or two years ago two and, and a half years
0: around that two and a half yeah where
1: the football just turns
0: yeah incredibly how quick he can turn uh, like we said though or well, the club said in their statement a lot of it has been down to the pandemic losing a lot of money due to no fans and stuff not being able to get sold at well, the it's ground a, it's, on it's match it's not because it,
1: the pandemic has just accelerated it.
0: yeah that's what I mean because there was
1: the owners were not the best
0: no and I do remember before the pandemic hit there was uh, stuff of uh, HMRC trying to get like a winding up order for Derby before like football went into lockdown in March. I think that was like January of 2020. It was
1: 2020. It after the final because they tried selling the stadium. Oh, sorry for that. It was not... You can't mm. technically do... We, we did the same but we left the Championship at that point. Yeah. It was a grey area that was a bit... You know, clubs weren't
0: happy about it. Definitely. So, uh, so let's hope that when Rooney and Co. can turn this around, right? Um, a look in on all the European action this week. No major fixtures in uh, either France, Germany, or Spain this weekend. Though there is uh, a big one to look forward to over in Italy this weekend, and that is, of course, Lazio. Versus Roma. You just it? know Jose is going to be so fired up for that. <laughs> yeah, Mourinho versus. I've forgotten who the Lazio manager is. Oh, Meritio
1: Sari versus Mourinho in a derby. <laughs> just Sari gets all bro Bro is faggot in his face. Oh,
0: no, no. Oh, this is literally everything you could possibly well, ask for in a game. <laughs> Big derby. Two big managers, two sides looking to push for European football. Oh, it's got everything and more that we need uh, to look forward to mm. this weekend. I think we, wait, there's one last thing right. we can
1: add with Italy. It's Go on. Maybe Juventus can add kind of back-to-back wins.
0: Yeah, um, I don't know why Italy have played games this midweek actually in the league.
1: Yeah, who knows, but they just about won it. Yeah, they came from behind to beat Spitz.
0: Yes. With Matthias de Licht scoring the winner in the 72nd minute. Yeah. So, yeah, they're not their first win of the season. I <laughs> uh, saw something quite interesting earlier. The last time they had this poor start to the season was also under Max Allegri in 2015 16, I believe. And they ended up winning the Italian title. So, let's hope uh, fortune strikes twice and they can go on to win the league.
1: Yeah, who
0: knows? Right. On to the Predictions League now. Uh, this time it's me who gets to pick the games, and I have chosen two obvious Premier League games one we've also spoken about, and then uh, three interesting games for other reasons across Europe. So the first game I've gone for this week is obviously Chelsea versus Manchester City.
1: Going to say 2 0 to Chelsea.
0: Okay. Um, I'm going to go 2 1 to Chelsea. I still think they'll keep up this good record. And like you said, um, at, in the preview bit, City, I think it's just going to struggle with that bit much. Um, next up, I've gone with the North London Derby Spurs versus Arsenal. What have you got for this one?
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> as a
0: 1-0 ok um, I'm going to go with a 1-0 Spurs win and then the final Premier League game which was the last game we should talk about in depth uh, apart from obviously the Brighton game is Watford versus Newcastle
1: <laughs> Jesus oh do go for it 2-1 to
0: Watford I've gone 3-1 to Watford
1: I oh, I was quite close to saying that mm.
0: but
1: yeah I didn't think they were going to get that two games in a row <laughs> uh,
0: the first European game I've gone for is the derby of Rome Lazio versus AS Roma hmm. it's
1: a derby I'm going to say 1-0
0: Okay, well, I'm going to add an extra goal for both sides. I'm going to go for the first Desmond of the weekend, two-two.
1: Have any of the Desmond predictions actually ended in a Desmond?
0: No. <laughs> uh, next, we head over to France for Marseille versus Lens, uh, two teams that are doing okay, and two in, teams uh, lose one this season. And
1: if you always oh, seen in the news, it's two teams that have a bad game, disrupted because of fans <laughs> yes, why not Marseille what was a Marseille's fault Marseille will win 2-0
0: I'm going to go 2-1 to Marseille yeah.
1: it was a very weird um, game for you to go with
0: you're going to think this is even weirder in a second, but well, we head over to the Netherlands for our final game, as Willem Zwei host PSV in the Eredivisie.
1: I never knew that was how you said it in Dutch.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I'm just always calling them Willem too.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just the Dutch pronunciation of the number 2. It's
1: right. Yeah, PSV will win this, and I think they win it 3 1.
0: Okay. I've also gone for a PSV victory, but I've gone with them winning 2-1 this weekend. Um, reminder, though, that we are tied on points after the final two games in mid-week. Uh, last weekend happened after our recording, so mm, you clutched we're both me. on 19 points.
1: You clutched the fantasy win last
0: week. <laughs> yes, as well, so that's why I'm also level on points. Uh, have you made any changes to your fantasy team this week?
1: One change, and it's... Very strategic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because, because of his poor form, Mason Mount, that's a disappear. Right. And he said, I put in Andrus Townsend. Okay. Because Everton play Norwich this week. Yeah. <laughs> and he's on good form. So that makes sense.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. Um I've made a goalkeeper change. I and mean, basically, I didn't want to start Emmy so Martinez against Aston villa So.
1: Mm. I've put in okay. Ben Foster. I said, oh, now that you've thought that, I might have to do the same thing. <laughs> mm.
0: uh, I'm also going to make a change at the back. Ezri Kanza—he's been a little disappointing for my liking recently. So, yeah, I, um, him. <laughs> I don't. know, Ooh, who do I bring in? I'm trying to think of who to make that less change for. I've got 5.3 million to make with it.
1: You should be doing this before uh, recording give me the program I know
0: guys.
1: God the things you'll do to make these podcasts long
0: <laughs> well it's nothing to complain about um, I'm going to bring editing. in <laughs> <laughs> Yannick Vestergaard of Leicester will be my change very interesting yes um, right 40 stories of the week now oh, that is quite something I don't know Jeff has it do not believe what I've just seen! Oh, I say. So, this story comes from Suriname over near South America. Um, so, there is a team. <laughs> oh,
1: sorry, Suriname. Yes. I need to know where you found this.
0: Uh, it was all over. Twitter and Instagram over the last couple of days. And so yeah, I didn't see. The team, <laughs> there's a team called Inter Moangotapo who were playing we, in a CONCACAF league match. Right. I probably don't. Uh, and a, the 60 year old vice president of Suriname played for Inter, I'm just going to call them Inter Moangotapo. He played 54 minutes in their clash against. Olympia. However, they weren't successful as they ended up losing 6-0. Uh, which is just absolutely incredible story. What makes it even better is their player is called Ronnie Brunswick. The stadium is called the Ronnie Brunswick Stadium. And he's the vice president of the country.
1: What? <laughs> yes. Let's just simple, simple, simplify this. The vice president of Suriname
0: mm-hmm.
1: plays for a football team. Mhm. And he he scored. I've I've forgotten what was it scored or
0: no. He's a part, He played fifty four minutes of their six nil loss. The team stadium is named after him, and he owns the team as well. Like right. are the
1: opposition alive? <laughs> do we know if they're still a <laughs> lot around
0: as far as I'm aware yes at this minute in time thank god well yeah I saw that and I was like that has to be the wildest story I've seen in a long time also an even funnier story um, so I don't particularly follow him on twitter uh, Phil Neville that is of into Miami. Now there was a story come out of uh, their player Edison Ascona, who is of Dominican Republic, and he didn't play at the weekend for either their first team or their B team Fort Lauderdale. And one reporter came out and said it was due to disciplinary reasons rather it, than it being uh, down to an injury or anything. So Phil Neville has seen this. Tweet on Twitter and has said complete lies and untrue. This is from the best source, hims uh, the best source, his manager. Even though, like with the initial, like Phil Never quote tweeted that uh, initial report saying Franco, this is complete lies and I think you should delete this tweet. Franco Panizo, who is the journalist in question, said multiple sources have told me this. Phil, so he's questioning the manager himself as to why the player didn't play. <laughs> Oh, I mean,
1: we're not the best Phil's, Phil Neville supporters on this but when the manager is literally telling you to your face
0: <laughs> it's not true I think like that was like the uh, Axel Witzel story you brought up uh, to me about yeah. uh, <laughs> his assistant manager saying that move to Villa is complete lies like yeah. why would you question the manager of the fucking football club for like why is he just going to completely say Oh, this is uh, untrue. If it is true, like, he would have mentioned it himself. Oh, he's not playing because of his disciplinary record or what have you. And you still say, even though the manager himself has told you this, that it's untrue, you say multiple people at the club have told me this. I think I'm going to believe Phil Neville in this situation rather than a journalist.
1: You would, sir. But, you know, Phil Neville's having a very nice time of it at the moment. It inspired me apart from last night where they lost 5-1 true. oh you ruined everything <laughs>
0: sorry can't read your mind
1: where did you think I was going to go with it I don't know don't praise Phil Neville on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> uh, never allowed anything
0: <laughs> maybe next time you'll get something kin right um any more for any more is that a lot for this week
1: I don't know am I allowed or are you gonna
0: <laughs> <laughs> you are if you've got anything to say otherwise I, don't well, I haven't got anything place. to say
1: so carry on <laughs>
0: <laughs> right uh, we'll be back at the start of next week to wrap up all the talking points from across the Premier League and all the football else, and have a look to match day 2 in the Champions League as that returns this week which is something we can all look forward to right like you said at the start make sure you like and subscribe wherever you are listening to our podcast and follow us on twitter at off tc pod and on our personal ones as well uh, for all the latest news and stories from around the world of football and until monday's show it's goodbye from brad yeah and it's goodbye from me we'll see you soon